Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Flurry, flurry, back and forth. Okay, here we go. Murray, flurry, Murray, flurry. Come on, let's hear your voices. Yeah. We think we've got a unique fan base. You know, everybody talked about Nashville through those finals, but they've got nothing on Pittsburgh, I'll tell you that. And our fans believe that. Look at the scene. This is this is what it's all about. Um, we worked all here to get to this point. Um, thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, that game five is something I think we'll all remember. So uh, thanks for all your support. Thanks for showing up today. And uh, let's try to do this again next year. Thank you. There's a, a few of us that have been together for many years, you know, and um, it's, been, it's been a great time. And uh, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen, you know, but we'll enjoy uh, the next few days here. Everything else. Andrew McCutcheon, a fly ball to deep left field. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. McCutcheon's 10th gets the Bucks on the board. It's one to nothing, and the Penguins love it. It's time for Saverin on Sports. I love a parade. Tramping of feet, I love every beat I hear of a drum. I love a parade. When I hear a band, I just want to stand and cheer as they come. That rat a tat tat. Well, what's not to like? That rat a tat tat. About a parade. A bright uniform. 650,000 of Sidney Crosby's closest friends showed up to enjoy the moment. It was a thrill. Uh, I'll share my thoughts. Uh, Many of you know by now that I was able to ride in it again. My riding partner was none other than Colby Armstrong of the Penguins Radio Network and Root Sports. We've been texting back and forth, and he had a great time. He brought his little son, Cruz, with him. He was riding in between us, and uh, it was was just a great day. Uh, It says a lot about this town, and um, maybe the greatest thing it said – the city of Pittsburgh, the mayor's office, announced this morning that there wasn't one, not one, incident of any wrongdoing by any of the people gathered throughout the downtown area and into the Golden Triangle. Amazing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, some updated news. The Penguins had their goodbye sessions today with the media. Uh, there was some reveal information revealed about injuries and that's generally the case. We find out about things. Uh, also, in addition to that, some emotional times. And you can guess who that was about and what that was about. We talk about the parade, and that was yesterday, and that was this season. But now, quickly, Jim Rutherford's got some decisions to make. And we know the obvious one that's headed with the goaltenders. But it's not as complicated or it's not as simple uh, as just saying goodbye to Marc-Andre Fleury. It's more complicated than that, at least I think so. And what happens to one player may determine what happens to several others with the cap issue. 
we'll talk about that. I've thought about this a lot. Get your thoughts on who will stay and who will go. There are going to be some tough decisions, and there's going to be some departures, and that's just the way it works. Bob Grove, the official, unofficial historian of the Penguins, will join us today at 1230. He'll share his thoughts on the cup run and also about what is facing the Penguins as they move forward. Tough to move forward when you're still looking from behind, and it's hard not to look behind. It's really hard. Bob Grove will give his thoughts. Mark Madden will be here at one thirty. share his thoughts on the Stanley Cup run and what's about to happen with the Penguins looking forward. Also, a special treat. The guy who brought National Hockey League hockey to the city of Pittsburgh, meaning the expansion in 1967, Jack McGregor, the original owner of the Penguins or part of that ownership group, he spearheaded the drive to bring the National Hockey League during that six-team expansion in 67. He'll join me today at 1 o'clock. Also today, even though they lost last night, the Pirates had won four in a row. Andrew McCutcheon is red hot. This may create some difficult decisions for the Penguin management. Pardon me, the Pirates management. Excuse me. (laughs) For the Pirates in about five or six weeks' time. We'll be discussing that. Here's how you get involved. 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email me, stansaverin at iheartmedia.com. You can post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or tweet, at Stan Love the Show. By the way, I've got a new profile picture, so check it out on Facebook. Thanks to Colby Armstrong, who took the snapshot of me riding in the parade. The money shot. To me, the money shot in the three parades, at least the ones I've been a part of, is when you come down the Boulevard of the Allies and you go in front of that one parking garage there, right, on the way to Stanwick Street, And there's all those people hanging out of the garage. Hanging through the, the ledges and off the top. And it's pretty, it's, a, it's an amazing sight. To me, that's, that is the sight that I will always have indelibly marked in my mind. That's, so I had Colby take the snapshot. Anyway, I put it up there. Uh, you know, I, I barely know where to begin. Uh, it, it's As I was calling into Tim Benz yesterday, who, thanks to him, was filling in for me yesterday and doing a three-hour show beginning at 11 when the parade began, uh, we talked at about 11.15, and it appeared to me, based on what I had seen up until that point, just barely down Grant Street, I think we talked with 6th and Grant, um, it looked like more people. And the further you got in the parade route, along the parade route, it was pretty evident that it was bigger. And then, since the route was longer this year, in the past, you know, you had that, uh, that temporary platform built at Stanwick's in the Boulevard of the Allies for the presentation. They extended to Point State Park, and that gave people a lot more room to congregate. And clearly, based on the estimates, and I don't know how they do this, I think they take aerial photos and, you know, judge that, 650,000 people. Let's remember that the official population 
of the city. Just the city of Pittsburgh is 303,000. Now, of course, there's 2.1 million people that live around here, and not everybody there is from the city of Pittsburgh, for sure. But that's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing thing. But the numbers aside, and I've always noticed this in the Penguin Parades, the Steeler Parades, just the absolute joy. And it, I, I'm sure there are people who say, ah, oh, nothing to do, let's go down and ha- go to the parade. Now, I'm sure, of course, there's an element. It's a happening. But I also think, it seems to me anyway, based on the things that people shout at you, and what you can to overhear what people are saying, and it's loud, but shouting. It's that people are really into it. It's not like they just said, oh, there's something happening. Let me get all st- step outside my office here and, and just get out of work for a half an hour. It just seems like so many people are truly, truly into it. And that's what strikes me. There is a genuine love for sports in this community, in this region, and for this team. And I do think, and I said this before the parade, and I I hope you'll chime in and whether you agree or not, it seems to me that there is a special bond with this particular hockey club, this team. Not the Penguins overall, yes, that exists, but this group that won this Stanley Cup. And I think the reason is, and maybe this is being overly analytical or psychologically analytical, but I think that they appreciate all championships. And it's not to say that last year's group, 09, any team that wins a championship isn't hardworking and perseveres, but it just seems that People had a special appreciation for this particular team because this was not an easy cup to win. And that's not to say that the other ones were. Far from it. This is, without a question of a doubt, and I've said this many times, and I think a lot of people agree with me, this is the hardest championship to win in all of sports. Not that anyone is easy. But to go through what they go through, and especially this team this year with what they had to endure, I think people have a special appreciation because it resonates. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the people of this region and how we live and how we work. And the things that we appreciate. And again, last year wasn't easy. But I still believe that last year, Mike Sullivan had to convince this team, look, if you play this way, I'm telling you the way to play, you'll win. And they did. But this year, 
it was tougher because of all the injuries and personnel decisions that he had to make. And benching some people, scratching some people, demoting some people, changing lines, injuries, mixing and matching, it was a grind. It's always a grind. We should call this special grind. And then you find out some of the injury information. Again, today, the players pack up, say goodbye. Some of them have individual meetings with Jim Rutherford about their futures. We're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. We find out today that Carl Haglin had a broken fibula. That's what we thought it might be a small memory block that shot. He had a broken fibula. That's why he was out so long and why he really didn't come back full Carl Haglin-like until the end of the finals. And you certainly saw his speed in Games 5 and especially in Game 6. Brian Dumoulin, we knew, had something wrong with his hand. It turns out, we don't know exactly what it is, he had a very severe hand injury. Justin Schultz, we knew, had a fractured rib. The injury to Matt Murray as he was warming up before the first game of the playoffs against Columbus turns out it was a torn hamstring, not just a strain, as many people thought. It was actually torn. That's why it took him so long to get back. So this is what you're dealing with. And I'm quite sure we'll hear things from Nashville. and We've already heard some other things about Ovechkin. That's what you do. But these are just the kinds of things that happen. And I do think that there was a special bond. Look, two in a row. And it may have seemed like a long time ago, but you win three in eight seasons, <laughs> that's a lot. Five in 26 years, that's a lot. Especially in the era of a salary cap. But this one was hard. And I just sensed, why were there... 200,000 or so more people this time. I don't know. School's out. I think it was last time, too. That parade was on June the 12th. I don't know. Although that didn't stop kids. They're coming down anyway, right? But it just seems to me that there was something special about how fans felt about this team in particular. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Now, You never stop looking back, especially at happy moments. It reminds me of the joke that I've told you before, and our propensity for hanging on to the past, glorious past. And it's the old joke about how many Pittsburghers does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is six. One to actually change the bulb, and the other five to talk about how great the old one was. That's what we do. But... They have to look forward. It seems clear that Marc-Andre Fleury spent his last day in a Penguin uniform yesterday for the team picture and during the celebration. And I will tell you when we come back about what the reaction was from the players and from Fleury this morning. But merely losing Marc-Andre Fleury opens up a whole different dynamic for Jim Rutherford 
and there's some other personnel moves, and one affects the other. 412-922-2874, pound 970. Tweet me, at Stan Love the Show. Email Stan Savern at iHeartMedia.com. Facebook, Savern on Sports. Bob Grove at 1230. Mark Madden at 130. The original owner of the Penguins, the guy who brought NHL hockey to Pittsburgh, Jack McGregor at 1. Big day today on Savern on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. But a big sports all over your Ivy League suit. <laughs> sports all over your suit. <laughs> Saverin on Sports. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. We decided to make that switch. Sometimes it's, you know, you make a switch like that, it's about the whole group. You know, it's not just about any one guy. Um, that was the logic from the coaching staff standpoint when we did make the switch. And Mark did a terrific job. He, you know, that's not an easy challenge for a goaltender. Um, but I thought he was locked in. He made some big saves for us, uh, especially in that third period. Mike Sullivan, of course. About the goaltending switch, before we get to what is happening and what will happen with Marc-Andre Fleury, there have been some changes made naturally. Jason Botterill became the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, and by the way, many sources are reporting that he will choose Phil Housley as the Sabres' next head coach. Rick Tockett was up for it. I talked to Tockett yesterday before we headed over to the parade. And he said, honestly, he said, I, I haven't heard anything. Well, Monday, apparently, Jason Botterill met with Phil Housley, assistant coach with the Predators, and everybody's reporting that he'll be the next coach. I feel badly for Rick. I'd love to see him get another chance. But by the same token, that means he stays with the Penguins, and he is very, very valuable. Some other moves that were made. Billy Guerin has been promoted to become the general manager of the Wilkes-Barre team which was the job as an assistant GM that Botterill had. So that's a step up for him. Jason Caramano steps up to be assistant general manager, which is what Billy Guerin did, and Mark Recchi becomes the director of player development. So you can see everybody moving up the ladder. Rutherford said that he was not planning on bringing anyone new into the management team, so everybody just took one step up. So that's the latest, and now... Billy Guerin would be the heir, well, right now, would be the heir apparent to Jim Rutherford, who uh, thankfully doesn't plan on uh, leaving anytime soon. Rutherford said today that he met with all the free agents, and he said, I'm not shutting the door on anybody. He told all of them to check and see what's on the open market. If they want to come back to Pittsburgh, then they'll have a conversation. By the way, Matt Cullen said he still has not decided whether to retire or not. He's still considering it. He also said that if he does come back, it would only be to play for the Penguins. Now, a couple things about that. Let's start with the goaltender. I I told you about Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in his goodbye press conference uh, was tearful. His emotions 
I hate I hate to say got the better of them because that makes it seem like well it's not okay um, to get emotional. I think that's bunk. I hate when people say that. Nothing wrong with that. And when asked about leaving Pittsburgh, which he knows is likely, he got emotional. Sidney Crosby got emotional when asked about Flurry. He said, it's so painful, I don't even like to talk about it. Although when someone said, how will it feel when you guys play against one another? And they both laughed. That is going to be odd. And, and um, if he goes to Vegas, which we expect, imagine the homecoming when he plays here. By the way, Rutherford said the Penguins may have a player or two to protect the lineup and dissuade cheap shots. Forget Rick Tockett as an assistant coach. If he wasn't 53. All right, the Fleury. We have to operate on the assumption that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be gone. But it doesn't end there, right? Because it seems to me that the last thing the Penguins would want to do would be to go into next season with Tristan Jari as their backup. Nothing against the kid. But he's 22, Murray's 23. Do you want a 22-year-old backup goaltender, that's number one, not really tested in the NHL, B, what does that do for his development? Do you want him sitting around here, or do you want him playing every day in Wilkes-Barre? I know he's done that. I think when we talk about, well, Marc-Andre Fleury, you're going to save five and three-quarter million against the cap, some of that, in my view, is going to have to be spent on a veteran goaltender. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know the kind of guy I'm talking about? Guys around for one, two years. I think you got to consider that. I don't think you want to go into next season. Again, nothing against Jari, but I don't think you want to go into the season with him as a backup, one 23-year-old backing up another one. In fact, if you stop and think about it, at some point, the Penguins are going to have to consider using Tristan Jari as trade capital. Why? Because they're both the same age. And unless something terrible happens to Matt Murray... Tristan Jerry's not going to unseat him, one wouldn't think. But if he's a really good young goaltender, you could use him as trade capital. Maybe not this year, but a year from now, I think they're going to have to bring in a veteran goaltender as a backup to Matt Murray. Points number two and three, and then we'll clear the deck for Bob Grove and get his thoughts on this. We don't know what's going to happen to with Matt Cullen. It's totally up to him. I would think, especially when you lose a key leadership cog in Flurry and maybe Kunitz, that they would welcome Matt Cullen back on a one-year deal. Doesn't cost much.
But let me say this. If Matt Cullen decides to retire, it seems to me you've got to sign Nick Benino. We're talking third-line center. And Carter Rowney did a nice job, but I think most people would agree that Carter Rowney belongs on this team, but is better served playing on the wing on a fourth line. Oscar Sundquist, I don't know that he is a third-line guy. My point is, if Cullen retires, you keep Benino. And even if Cullen comes back, can Matt Cullen at 41 play the minutes required of a third-line guy? I think Jason, you know, Justin Schultz is a no-brainer. They want to bring him back. But what do you do with Chris Kunitz? Going to be 38? His numbers, regular season, are down. But you saw what he did. You saw what he does during the playoffs. And when you stop and think about forget about the overtime, the double overtime goal that he scored against Ottawa. He may have helped win the series because what they did with him, they said to Ottawa, okay, you want to match up Eric Carlson against Sidney Crosby? Fine. We'll put Chris Kunitz on Crosby's left wing and tell Kunitz, go after 65 and whack him every time you can. I know you've got to let go of some people. But won't it be hard to let Kunitz go? Brian Elliott's name comes up. Chris says... Mike Condon is a free agent. He'd be a great choice to back up Murray. He's in Ottawa. Craig Anderson. Of course, Craig Anderson's in his mid-30s now. I know they liked Mike Condon when he was here, and they had to let him go when Murray became healthy. That's a good call. A lot of guys out there like that. But I do think they'll have to bring someone like that in. And I think the Benino, Benino and Cullen futures are intertwined. And what do you do with Kunitz? We'll ask Bob Grove next on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. You've known him for many years, and he's always available for your counsel. But you'd better invite him over for coffee. Someday, I'm not day man will come, I'll call upon you to do a service Saverin on Sports, 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Old decision to move to center against Sidney Crosby. They will finish it up as they drop the puck. The Predators with it. Empty net down to our left. Subban takes a long shot, missing the net. Ends up in the far corner. Around it comes over. A turning shot towards the goal. Misfires. One second to left to go. And the bucket of the car corner, and it's all over. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup as they have defeated the You know, it'd be hard Nashville. to pick one thing. This was just so much fun. Uh, you know, three and a half months I was a member of this organization, give or take. Um, and sitting here now, you know, it feels like it just went by so fast. Uh, you know, it was certainly hard, certainly a grind, but a couple seven-game series. These guys were certainly no picnic this game tonight. Could have won either way. Uh, 
But, you know, it was just so much fun to be a part of it, part of all the games, you know, uh, being away from my family. The days in between can drag. But, man, was it a lot of fun. That's Ron Hainsey. I don't know anybody appreciated it more than he did. We're joined now by friend, colleague, and the official, unofficial historian of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Bob Grove. Uh, Grover, welcome. Uh, I kept seeing everybody yesterday. It's a great day for hockey. Uh, it, <clears throat> it sure was. Uh, was it, you know these these series are filled with angst, and this this group particularly, uh, there were some anxious moments. But in the Stanley Cup final, was there a time when you were concerned that they would not beat Nashville? Well, I got to be honest with you, Stan. I thought after Game Four. Um, you know, you and I had talked actually right after that, and your question to me is, you know, were the Penguins in trouble? And I said they're not in trouble, but they've got more adjustments to make than Nashville has to make. I mean, I, I so after Game Four, when I took stock of this thing, I said, look, the Penguins are even in this series, but they've been outplayed for most of it. Um, and you know, the, the thing about this team is, um, and you know, some of this has come to light in, in Sullivan uh, texting Tortorella during the playoffs here that, you know, it's ugly, but we find a way. Um, that's the, what the Penguins have done. They, 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 throughout this year, they have found a way, and sometimes it isn't uh, the way you thought they were going to win a game, but I never doubted their, their determination or their character, but, boy, the Pittsburgh defense to me, Stan, really looked um, uh, worn out more so uh, after game four of that series than I think at any point uh, that I saw in the playoffs. Yeah, and then we find out, as we've revealed today, some of the injuries and what Cole was dealing with and what Schultz yeah. was dealing with. And, you know, that Dumoulin, that's, that's what those guys do. I found it interesting that after they won the Cup, Sidney Crosby said in an interview um, you know, what was it like after game four and you came out and shot out of a can of game five? He said, actually, he thought the turnaround actually began in game four. They weren't, a, they were disappointed they lost, but they thought that that's where they began to find their game. They, Rene stole one. I, I found that interesting. Yeah, and there was a lot of discussion. And you know what? I agree with those who, who said at the time. I mean, I completely agree with this assessment that that was their best game in the series to that point because they had created some open ice and they had created more chances. And, and I, so that was all correct. Reneagers was really, really good. But my concern, while that was a positive, my concern was at the other end of the ice, where I just, I just, it just looked to me like the Pittsburgh defense had, it was teetering on the edge um, and just more so unable to deal with uh, forechecking pressure and unable to get to places where they could move the puck officially. And I just was concerned that, the, the, you know, that wasn't going to get changed. And so while things were better at one end of the ice, for me they, weren't, they were worse at the other end. Bob, these things are always a grind, but it seemed, it seemed to you like this one was particularly a tough grind to win this one again not that the other ones aren't but it just seemed to me that the city had a special bond with this team because of how difficult it was to win this one i agree with that completely that's this is this is the thing that makes this particular cup special and this resonates with pittsburgh sports fans no matter which team you follow as you love you love a pittsburgh team that is not only talented but has a ton of grit and has a ton of character and never quits and finds a way and all that kind of stuff. And I know some of it gets cliche, but we saw it play out. And, you know, I did a, a tally of the number of man games lost for the Penguins in the Stanley Cup Finals going all the way back to 91, and not surprisingly, 
none of the other Penguins Cup teams can even remotely come close to the number of man games this team lost in this playoff run. And so that's what made it really special is that they were hanging on and finding a way and doing it a little bit on guts more than anything at times. Yeah, like you said, find a way. Um, you know, find a way, and that's, that's exactly uh, what they did. Was this a more difficult coaching job for Mike Sullivan than last year? I mean, of course, he came in last year, and the ship was, uh, I don't know, was sinking, but it was uh, listing, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And, but once, once he got them you know, to play the way he wanted to play, they did. Did you feel like this was, I hate to use the word better, but a different, more difficult coaching job for Mike Sullivan? I think it was, and I think a lot of the credit goes to Jacques Martin, who he turned the defense over to, right? I think he, I think Martin's input and, and management of those guys under Sullivan, with Sullivan's input, obviously, was really, really critical. When do you pull guys out? When do you put them in? You know, we saw Chad Ruedo play in the Ottawa series, and I, you know, I thought he played pretty well given the circumstances. And, I, and here's the thing about it: those guys managed the minutes of that group, Stan. That was the thing. So, we, you know. I thought Hainsey played more than I think any of us thought he was going to play. Dumoulin, at the end of it, was clearly their best defenseman for me in the Stanley Cup final, um, was playing a lot of minutes. But I think if you look at the whole picture, uh, I love the way that Sullivan managed the ice time, specifically of the defensive core, but the defenseman, but also the whole team in general. And Malkin really didn't play that many minutes, even when Sid was... At 20, he would be barely over 20 or maybe 21. I think that was important, but I think it was um, when you when you think about pulling Mark Andre Fleury out and putting Matt Murray in, Stan. We said it at the time. We all said it. This is not business as usual in in the third round of the Stanley Cup Final. That was an immense decision, and it, you know it turned out to be the right decision. So that was a more difficult play. He had the he had to manage Connor Fury, you know. He had to manage through Jake Gensel, and you know, let's remember Jake Gensel went basically the whole third round. And you didn't hear much from him, and he's a young kid who hasn't been through this kind of ground. And he hit the wall a little bit, I thought, and and Sullivan thought that. And so, how do you keep the kids' confidence up as much as you can? And how do you manage Connor Fury? And he's going up and down the line, a fourth line, top line. So I would agree. I think you know, the, the job he did was even better than last year. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, the Jack Adams based on a regular season. Of course, they did have the second best record. I don't know that uh, uh, you know he'll get that award, but for the playoffs, there's no question uh, the job that he did. Before we run out of time, um, talking earlier, we, we know what's going to happen with Mark Andre Fleury, and as I mentioned at the uh, goodbye session today, as the players met with Jim Rutherford, we'll get to that momentarily, but met with the media for the last time. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury became emotional. Um, understandably so but okay you know we we will talk a lot about Mark andre Fleury uh, but I, I was thinking about this a lot yesterday Grover and that is it's one thing to say goodbye Mark andre Fleury you knew that was going to come but um, my guess is that they're going to look into bringing in a veteran goaltender in here to back up Murray because you don't want another 22 year old kid backing up a 23 year old kid uh, does that sound reasonable to you uh, it's reasonable, but I'll tell you what, I just don't get that sense, Dan. I, I get the sense that Tristan Jari, they think the world of him. He's had a really good season in the American League, and I, I think they feel like Matt Murray's the real deal. He's ready to play almost 60 games a year, and Jari can get his feet wet and figure it out at the NHL level and, and go from there. So 
Um, but I think it's reasonable to think, hey, look, you've got to have the – we've seen this in recent years. You've got to have the goaltending. That's the case you get an injury. There's got to be somebody else who's ready to come up, and that's certainly not McGuire. So, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't rule that out, yeah. Well, do you think that they would actually want Jerry in that role playing – I mean, I don't think they want to play Murray 60 games, but, I mean, do they – is is he better served in his development to play 30 games behind Murray than play 50 to 60 down there? Uh, you know, again, this is just my impression. My, my impression of, a, of this kid is I, I think he's ready for a limited NHL role now. I, I really do. So if the Penguins feel differently, look, you can go get a, a veteran backup. If you feel like Jari needs one more season down there, to, before you really feel like you have a higher level of confidence in them, that's okay. But, um, you know, I, I, I could see that they're going to need a veteran presence somewhere. Uh, so maybe you, you, you bring a veteran in and you look at Jari in the training camp and see what you see. We look great in the preseason this year, year for sure. And then, you know, maybe the veteran plays more games and, you know, basically plays in the minor leagues while Jari's here, but you have him as kind of a uh, insurance policy if you get an injury and then Jari has to play more and isn't quite up to it. As someone pointed out, Mike Condon's available. Um, he, he knows the way to the arena, at least. Uh, <laughs> unless he, he wasn't hey, there that long, but... He's a good he's a good goaltender, Stan. He's yeah. definitely an under the radar guy. I mean, I like him. I think he's a very solid goaltender. I, I, you know, I'd welcome him back. Um, you know, for sure. But I don't know. Obviously, uh, you know, you got to think about the salary structure and one way and two way contracts and all that. Well, let's 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 do this as quickly as we can. It's uh, it's not an easy discussion. Um, Matt Cullen said today that he's not yet made up his mind whether he's going to play. He said if he does play, it definitely would be in Pittsburgh. Um, if Matt Cullen retires, or maybe even if he doesn't, do they have to keep Nick Benino? Because if Cullen retires and Benino leaves, seems to me you've got a big void uh, in the third line center, and I don't know what they think about Sundquist filling that. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think the, the one scenario where the Penguins would have a roster question going into the next season is the, the scenario where Cullen retires and Benino goes somewhere else as an unrestricted free agent. And now you've got Rowney and Sunquist in some form as your number three and number four centers. That would be, if the Penguins have to do that, that for me would, would be logically really their only roster weakness going in. So I, I would prefer to have Benino back. He doesn't make a ton of money, but you heard him say today. You know, he talked about, hey, it's the first time in my career where I've had this ability to pick where I want to play, and I have to weigh all the different factors. So you never know how that's going to work out. And the last thing, Chris Kunitz was asked flat out today, are you planning on retiring? He said no. He said, I'll play somewhere, if not here, then somewhere else. And you look at Kunitz, and you understand he'll be 38, and you look, he had nine goals, uh, you look at his production, but then you look at what he did in the Ottawa series, and I'm not just talking about the goal. I'm talking about banging Eric Carlson to keep him away from Crosby, yeah. and then just the things that he does. and get, I mean, I know. I know you got to make some yep. tough decisions, but how do you let him go? I know, Stan. Well, let me tell you what. I have so much respect for Chris Coons and the way he plays the game. I, I really do. I mean, he's just an honest hockey player. He, he he gives you an honest effort. He can play on your top line. He can play on your fourth line. And if they brought him back on a short term, like would he be? You know, would they give him like a one year deal? Would he want a one year deal? Uh, but if you brought him back and say you're going to play limited minutes down on the third and fourth line, so you know you can throw him up top if you have to in the course of the season for a few games here or there, and the leadership that he brings, I absolutely. I mean, the only way you don't is if you are 
totally convinced that you have young players that can give you the exact same thing, and you're going to stunt their development if you have Chris Coonan sitting in one of their spots. And, you know, I don't know that you get exactly the same thing from any of those guys right now. So I wouldn't mind him coming back at all. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And, the, you know, the, the, the young wingers they have come up, like Aston Reese, if he's ready, Sprong certainly should be. Totally different kind of players. They play the position, uh, but, of course, Sprong's a right winger. And um, I don't know. That's one of the pieces of the puzzle they're going to have to put together. And, by the way, you know it's officially summer. I just got a picture on Twitter. Nick Benino has shaved his beard. So <laughs> forget June 21st or 22nd, whatever that first day of summer is. Nick Benino shaved his beard. It's officially summer, and it also brings uh, an end to this portion um, of our weekly conversations. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reserve the right to give you a call from time to time, Bob. And please tell folks where they can read you uh, uh, on your new uh, online, online site. Yeah, Pittsburgh Hockey Now is uh, is where I'm doing a column. And in fact, I did one uh, just today about uh, the fact that the, the Penguins' window for winning championships, which, according to some people, a couple of years ago was closed. It's pretty wide open. It should remain open. So, Stan, thanks so much uh, for, for talking to me every week. It means a lot to me, and I had a lot of fun. Well, I, it means a great deal to me too. And you're just you're terrific. And uh, enjoy it. And we'll look forward to doing it again uh, next season. All right, Stan, thanks. All right, Grover, thank you very much. Bob Grove, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Uh, Coming up at 1 o'clock, the man who brought NHL hockey to Pittsburgh, Jack McGregor, Mark Madden, won 30. Some pirate talk, they've won four out of five despite last night's loss. And in this division, there they are. And Andrew McCutcheon really heating up. They're making some difficult decisions potentially for pirate management. All that ahead on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Don't try to feed him any BS. It insults his intelligence and makes him angry. I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometimes to make a run right. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh, on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Doug posts on Facebook, he says, that made me laugh during the final of those country bumpkins threw fish on the ice. Penguins eat fish. And that, that, that's right. That's what they do. Penguins eat fish. Little sardines. I don't know about catfish, but that's what they do. Liz checks in from Prince Edward Island, Canada. Beautiful country, I understand. She says, I watched the parade from online in Prince Edward Island, Canada, cheering along the parade route. It was a fabulous culmination of a spectacular year. And then she has hashtag three-peat. Scott makes an interesting point. Prade was good. Um, I wonder how many Golden State Warriors are going to jump out of trucks and give high fives and take pics with the fans. Hockey players are the best. And then, indeed, they are. Although, I think Cleveland Cavaliers did some of that last year, too. Uh, in any event, it was a spectacular day. And it might not have happened if Jack McGregor hadn't gotten an idea about bringing an NHL franchise to Pittsburgh, which he did 50 years ago. He'll talk about that in just about seven minutes on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.